You are listening to the Book Your Dream Clients Podcast, bite-sized episodes from one coach to another to help you create and scale your business with simplicity. No hustle required. Running ads can be fun, exciting, challenging, and let's just be honest, expensive. And if you're not keeping up with what's working and how to make the most out of every dollar you spend, you're missing out. On this episode of the podcast, I'm chatting with Jessica and Amy all about Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok ads, and how to choose which platform to invest in and what kind of ads to run in each one. This episode is jam-packed. You're going to love it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Amy and Jessica, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you both on today. Thanks so much for having us, Lindsay. We're happy to be here. This is our first time we've had two guests on the show, and I am so excited to have to continue the conversation. We're talking about marketing, Facebook ads, all the ads might be a little bit scary for people to even think about if you're just starting your business. But I remember when I first started, I was really intrigued by the thought of it. And if you're dabbling in them, you've spent some money on marketing. I think we're going to just kind of let this conversation go where it based on my history with ads, how I teach them to, to the coaches in my life. So why don't you guys go ahead and take the wheel, let us know how you got started, all that podcast jazz, and we'll dig in. All right. Well, Jess and I have been working together for almost four years now, but we come from worlds on the web. Her background is graphic design and she worked for a little boutique agency that ended up getting purchased by Shutterfly. And I started my online career, I guess you'd say, with blogging, you know, and, and taught myself blogging and got into the photography and content creation and then worked for other people. And then in that time, we both watched the birth and evolution of the social platforms and we, when we went together or came together four years ago, the idea was to be an asset for businesses. And we did a little bit of everything and we ended up niching down into working with mostly women-led direct-to-consumer e-commerce businesses that are looking to scale through social media ads. And our, our clients are businesses that are well-established and they are looking to, they, they, you know, they've done all they can on their own with organic marketing or, or they've worked with agencies before and it wasn't a great fit, but they know how important and beneficial social media ads are. And they're looking to make sure that they've got new customers coming in and the lifetime value is always increasing and growing and that they're retaining customers that they have. I have so many questions that are flying around in my head. The first one that I always ask uh, ladies who are in the Facebook ad agency world, why, why would you choose to do this every day? I can barely handle my own ads. How can you handle multiple accounts? We kind of look at it like a game. It's pretty fun. And the reason why we like it, I think Amy and I like it the most is because it's very easy to track back to revenue. You know, everything in business kind of comes back to the bottom line. And so as opposed to a lot of other figuring out where your other priorities and where you're spending money, um, spending money on paid ads, it's everything's tracked from start to finish. So that's something that we really enjoy is that each step because it's done digitally is tracked and we can follow each step of that funnel really well. And then I think the other thing that we really enjoy about it is 
all the different pieces that go into it. I mean, it's a, it's a ton of work. It's very overwhelming. You have to understand strategy and marketing as well as business and analytics and data and finances. But then you also get to bring in the fun part, which is all the creative and copy. So it's kind of like Amy and I have always worn a lot of hats in our careers over the last decades plus and done a lot of things. So I think the culmination of advertising kind of brings all those pieces together. So we get to do a little bit of everything. And I think that's something that we enjoy, you know, the most is that we get to do all these different parts and that it's, it's easily tracked back to the end result. Um, and we love seeing those great numbers at the end. And we get to be like nerds about it yeah. too. I mean, all, all the things that just said, the creative, the financials, the, you know, watching the evolution of the platforms. And then we get to take all of that and then put something together and dump it into an algorithm and then see what happens. And then we get to continue to optimize and modify and make changes and get better at it. Mm -hmm. And we get to continue to flex <clears throat> one of our favorite things, which is being curious. And we just yeah. get to be curious and learn and see what happens all the time. Like, and like Jess said, it is overwhelming. And it is, there are days where we're like, what the heck have we done? But, it's, <laughs> but, but it also so, rewarding in an intellectual curiosity filled way. Mm -hmm. Yes. I like how you said you treat it like a game because it yeah. is a game when you're spending, let's say a hundred bucks a day on ads. And yeah. then, you know, for online course creators, you have a course that could be um, used within like a second email type of funnel or something like yeah. I do. And then pretty soon they buy that and okay, my ad cost dropped for the day. And then what else are, what else are they going to sign up for? What else are they going to buy? Yes. Can you get your ads paid for today? That's kind of the game that I have in my head. Like, oh, all right. It's only noon and my ads are paid for for the rest of the day. Everything else is, is, is income. I love that. It's fun to see my list building. And I think that one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of people make when they're first starting is they don't really have a point to their Facebook ads. Like I'll, I'll yeah. hear from new clients and students, <laughs> oh, I'm running Facebook ads. And I say, okay, well, why? Yeah. I don't know. Well, to have a lot of points to that. So why don't you go and play with that conversation? What, what is the point of Facebook ads? Why do we need to even have one? Sure. Well, the number one problem that people do incorrectly with Facebook ads is exactly what you said. They don't know what their end result is. They um, think they should do them. They've heard about them. Everyone's doing Facebook ads. And then we come in when they, when, when they want to talk to us and we're like, but why do you think yes. it makes sense for your business? Like, what is your end goal? And as you know, Lindsay, from running Facebook ads and teaching other coaches how to do them, the beauty of the machine learning is that you can literally pick an ad objective with your end goal in mind. So before you even build your first ad, you really need to know what is the purpose of it and what do you want the user to do from that ad? You can show somebody an ad with the end result being traffic. You can show somebody an ad with the end result that they give you their email, or you could show somebody an ad with the end result that they purchase your product or service. And so it's really important that you know that before you even take a step into building your first ad, because the machine learning of all these social media advertising platforms are so smart and they know so much data that they can target an ad to a user at the exact right time that they will most likely take advantage or go take that action that you want them to do. So it's critical 
that you go into it knowing what your strategy is, even if it's very basic and you're just looking for overall new traffic, right? Knowing that small step will get you that much farther. And then also understanding that what you've had that set as that objective is going to be what your results are. So if yes. you are wanting to sell your course, but you have chosen objective as traffic or brand awareness, yes, your, your goal is not going to be met for what you said as the, as the, as the objective. Correct. Now, again, understanding that brand awareness and traffic ads, those are cheaper ads to run conversion ad is much more expensive, but understand if, but if your goal is to sell your course more, you know, traffic and brand awareness might not be the thing that gets you there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so again, setting yourself up for success based on the very first step when you're building an ad, which is (laughs) the campaign objective is super, super important. I would say probably conversions is the most used. Is that mostly? Okay. Yeah. That's what I use mostly. Yep. It's the most competitive conversion. The conversion objective is the most competitive of all of the advertising objectives. And that is because that's what everybody's goal is. So keeping in mind that when you figure out what your strategy is, you've got to know that, that you are going to be bidding for time, airtime, space time on someone's Instagram feed, for example, or what the ad shows up in their stories with other advertisers. So knowing that you kind of have to get strategic in what your strategy is, because it is the most competitive are those purchase conversion campaigns. They're competitive and they are not costing what they used to cost five years ago. Yeah, they're very expensive. And, you know, COVID really changed all of our lives, right? In so many ways, and it continues to. And it really pushed the digital advertising and just the digital world forward like 10 plus years. And since so many businesses are, you know, mask mandates are being lifted and businesses have come back online over this last year, more advertisers are getting in the mix and more businesses Mm. are getting in the mix as well. A lot, when the pandemic started, a lot of people scaled back and pulled back their ad budgets. So it was easier Mm -hmm. to get great results with conversion ads. But since like, I would say, I mean, just since 2021 specifically, everything's changing so quickly all the time, but they have gotten more competitive and ad costs have gone up at least by 40% in the last 12 months or more. Oh my gosh. Yes, I have. (laughs) Mm. If I think about, um, I recommend doing a list building ad. Like I yes. love, I love having just a list building ad running at all times. What do you love to see a conversion cost just for, to get the email address? What's, what makes you happy? Ooh, this could totally depend and also depend on the value of that email, depending on how, um, if the list is then going to ultimately sell your course, like if it's going to be like seeding your launch sequence, for example, or if it's just generic overall, I would say this is totally, I'm just pulling a statistic out of nowhere, but if you could get a lead for less than $3, I think that's pretty decent currently. I'm happy with that. If I see around 250, yep. even 350, I'm okay. Yep. Anything that, fine. above there, I think starts to get a little expensive. Mm-hmm. Also considering I mean, if your budget is just $50 a day, you could blow through that pretty quickly if you're paying, you know, four or $5 a lead. If you could get a lead around a buck, I mean, if you ever were able to get a lead lower than a dollar, that's your pretty, it's pretty excellent. Oh gosh. That's, that seems like something that happened a long time ago. Nothing that happens nowadays. 
I feel like it, it, it is though. It's like the time is going so fast with ads. Like you said, it just yep. pushed us over 10 years ahead. Yep. Um, because I remember when I could get, you know, 40 cents, 50 cents. Yes. yes. And now it's like, oh, I'm happy with, you know, 350. Yes. That's, that's fine. I'll let it, I'll let it slide. And then, you know, that other piece of that is knowing that you did get that lead and you paid for it. So you've got to make sure on your end that your list is and your what your plan to do that with that lead is really functional optimized to the best of its ability as well whatever right. campaign they move into right that mm -hmm. it's gonna kick butt and be really strong and awesome and hopefully convert as best as you can yes. yeah so let's talk about that i think so many people will get them on their list and then they hoard their subscribers they don't want to talk to them they don't want to upset right. them because right. they paid money for them what do you, what do you see what's working right now for maybe like the digital space for course creators, coaches, what do you see works for them? Slower warm up or like you need to get them while they're warm. Kind of, if I'm thinking of my last purchase today. So they got on my list immediately. They went and just kind of dug around the rest of the website, answered an email, made three purchases. So that's awesome that I like that. That's a fast buyer. Um, yes. Then there's people who are, you know, take their precious time, which is fine. What do you see is happening nowadays more than not, than not? Well, before we get into trends, I think what we need to remember is that we have some fantastic tools at our fingertips. And that yes. is all of the data places that the CRM, your, your ads, things like that, where the data is sitting. And so one part of your job in running a business is figuring out what strategy works best for the type of clients that you have. Mm -hmm. So of course you would have the people who are fast buyers, but then you're going to have a person like me who spends a really long time before she purchases right. anything. And so then that way, that's why I like drip campaigns or, yes. Hey, you left some stuff in your cart. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot that tab. And then I go back and I purchase. And so it's making sure that, that you are touching the the customers that you have in ways in in, in the variety of ways that we do shop and walk, looking for trends looking for people what what we have seen works so great with in pairing with ads is making sure to keep in contact with those customers mm -hmm. and and creating systems and flows and things like that that continually bring them back to you you know the generations that we're selling to now that are you know that are moving into the biggest um, buying power millennial and gen zers they are brand um loyal yeah. they, they want to continue that we 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 find people we like we find companies we like and we end up purchasing from them for years and years and years and you know what, what's a great practice for a business owner is to figure out how that looks for you and your company with your customers. Yeah. And I think to Amy's point, you know, going back, like segmenting your list, don't assume that every email opt-in just gets clumped into one list. People want to be met where they're at. You are going to have multiple customer personas. You're going to have people that shop and buy from you, buy three courses or boot camps quickly. And then you're going to have other people that are going to be slower and you need to kind of warm them up a little bit longer and know that that purchase path is a little bit longer. So like Amy was saying is use the data, look into where people are going and try to figure out your different customer personas and what their purchase path looks like. And then with those leads, putting them in segmenting those lists so that they go into the right place. These like the buying power, like Amy said right now is in Gen Z and millennials, and they want to be met where they're at. 
They want to be sold to where they're at. So you as the business owner, whether it's your advertising or email marketing or the way your website is set up and your courses are set up is creating opportunities for those types of buyers to be met where they are at, whether it's a long purchase process or a short one. So I would really focus on the data and figuring that out and segmenting your list so that you can build sequences and campaigns that meet people where they're at. Yes. I love that you said meet them where they're at. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned how loyal most of the buyers are online. Yes. It's it's like, okay, they're in our house. How can we make them comfortable? How can we show them everything that we have? So when it, if you're thinking about that, and then you go to retargeting your audience, which Mm -hmm. I don't do. Mm -hmm. um, There's power there. What's the power there? Convince me. Sure. So a Mm. lot of times people don't purchase on the first try and there's different levels of retargeting. So for example, if you spend a lot of time in your building content on Instagram, for example, you can retarget all of your reels video views, right? Mm. That could be a potential way that you have a slightly warmer audience that then you show an ad to that are easier to convert than say maybe somebody who's totally cold, but they're not necessarily super hot. Maybe they've just been watching your reels. You can retarget all the people that engage with you on Instagram. You can reach, like I said, all those video views. I know everybody's putting a lot of time and effort into making video content right now because that's what really favors the algorithm on Instagram specifically. And you get lots of views, but then they just sit there ultimately unless you can convert them organically. And so you can make different types of retargeting audiences. You've got everybody from, like I said, these semi kind of lukewarm people where maybe it's the video views, but then you also have what are your lowest hanging fruit, the people that can become your repeat customers, the people that are already buying from you is your easiest person to sell to again. So Jess and I like to liken the sales funnel that we often set up for our clients as as, as dating. Yep. So- most of the time when you go on your first date with someone, you do not ask them to marry you. And that's what a lot of people expect the ads to do. You put up a conversion ad, you know, the business owner, of course, loves their product, knows how great it is, knows the heart and soul that they put in there. But the people that see the ads don't see that. And so instead of asking a person to marry you on your first date, you might say, hey, I have some things that might be of interest to you, you know, so that is getting people involved, brand awareness. This is getting people on your site so they can see, getting them um, into Instagram. Because then as they get to know you, as they begin to trust you, then they're more likely to purchase from you. We got a really skeptical population that we're trying Mm -hmm. to sell to today. And it's going to take a little bit more time to warm them up because they're always, we know how to be on the web. We know how to look for faults in businesses. And, and we're kind of looking for that because the internet can be a crappy place sometimes, but giving them a chance to warm up, giving them a chance to get to know you might be a really beneficial part of your funnel. So then that retargeting, hitting them again and reminding them, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I've got what you need. Um, is a great place to, to continue to try to get those sales. Okay. So if you're list building, you have that running, it's going really well. Do you recommend retargeting the people who have signed up for that original, let's say the free workbook? Do you recommend retargeting a, 
a product that's maybe like 25 bucks or something, does that work really well? Or is that just something that sounds easy to do? It totally works well. You can upload, depending on your email provider and your CRM, it mm -hmm. might integrate easily well with Meta. Otherwise, you can also upload your list. And again, this comes back to meeting people where they're at. They may have opened your email, shown interest, but then, you know, they got to start dinner or somebody called them or they have to go deal with something and then it's out of their brain, right? Mm -hmm. And so hitting them with an ad to retarget them, to bring them back either to try to continue to push them to sign up for the webinar or buy your product or potentially upsell to something else is totally a successful way to go. And you most likely will see some great results because then they'll get that when they're coming back to focusing on whatever they were doing or checking out Facebook or Instagram and then seeing that ad and they're like, oh yeah, I had that open. I totally forgot. And I did want to buy this. You're reminding them again and again. It's like the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Mm -hmm. Same concept. So do you use conversion ads, uh, the objective of, of a conversion for a paid product or what do you recommend you use? Yes, it depends on, so it totally depends on the product, the brand, how big your audience is, how much data you can build off of with your cold audience. Sometimes it makes sense to run conversion ads to a totally cold audience, meaning a group of people who have never heard of you before. But most of the time, we recommend kind of figuring out a little funnel. Like Amy was saying, we love to relate the concept of figuring out your strategy funnel to dating, like online dating, right? You don't ask someone out on a, immediately or ask them to marry you right there. You've got to first sign up for the profile, figure out what your photo is, fill out your profile, get connected with people, swipe right, like do some texting, right? Like warm them up and then you go out on a date and see if you're the right match. Not, you know, you don't have to make so many steps, but coming up with some kind of little funnel and dating your potential customers, cold prospects before you hit them with the big ask, we think is always a safe way to go. Awesome. Okay. That was Facebook. Now let's go into the other platforms. You do sure. Pinterest and TikTok yeah. and everything. What's your, what's the next, what's your, well, what's your favorite, including Facebook? What's your favorite? And then go into the second thing. Favorite are we talking about? Yeah. Like ads on or like being a consumer of? Working on ads. If we were to pick a platform, I don't know that we can, all of them are very similar on the back end. You know, mm -hmm. if you were to open up a, you know, ads manager on all of them, all of them are very similar. The cool thing that is with Meta, which is Facebook and Instagram. And again, like we're going to say this with love in our heart, but we understand that there is a, there's a dichotomy with Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. It is horrible and it's also great. That's so perfect. we don't have to go over all the horrible things because we are we are well aware of them. And, and we do ethically really watch that. It is something mm -hmm. that we think about. Yeah. But then what we do really love about it for, for the business world is the fact that it is the most powerful and most robust and it has the most people. It is the most fully advanced platform to run ads on. And again, Instagram, even though TikTok is humongous, Instagram is still the top app of last year. Yep. Um, so the people are still there. And, and what we are doing on those platforms is, is different too. So then if we were to, so Facebook and Instagram, are very fun to be on and there's lots of data there's lots of of specifics that you can get into but then if we get over onto pinterest you know the 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 shopping the buying cycle is a completely different animal mm -hmm. people aren't going there for for purchases today 
yes, you might get some of those, but these people are dreaming and, and planning. And so they will eventually purchase, but it is not the quick cycle that mm -hmm. other platforms have. Now, TikTok is kind of what Facebook and Instagram probably were five or six years ago. It is in its infancy. It is just growing. The algorithms are favoring the content creators, which was a magical time in when all the platforms. And so when we talk to businesses about where they should run ads, our first question is, where are your customers? Because you know, I'm going to, we don't work with a lot of like CEOs and, and professionals trying to get, you know, B or let's see, B2B business. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you are that in that business, LinkedIn is probably the best place for you. You might love Instagram and you might love TikTok, but that might not be the best platform for you if you're looking for B2B. I don't know if that's true, but again, that's just a mm -hmm. generalization. And so again, where are your customers and where is it the best use of your time in order to get the goals that you're going after? Okay. And then keeping in mind too, let me just throw one more yeah. thing in there. So Meta has so many integrations. You can get so strategic. They've got lots of tools available where you can create lots of creative right in the platform. And like Amy said, it has the most data. And again, we're also on top of where are your customers, but where are you also as a business owner? What social media platforms are you utilizing with your business? Because that's all part of your zero and first party data that will help your advertising. But then the other part of that is when we just talked a little bit about competition, other platforms like Pinterest has less, way less competition when it comes to conversion ads than a platform like Facebook. So maybe there's a playoff there for you, right? of thinking about all the pros and cons that it might be cheaper to advertise on a different platform where there's less competition if that's where you're also where your customers are spending time and you're also um, doing a lot of organic social media as uh, on those platforms as well. We love right now we really love TikTok personally just because we find it really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. um, it's a fun dopamine hit. So freaking hilarious. Um, and, and then it's also, <laughs> like Amy said, it's like the wild, wild west right now. It favors the content creators. It's new, it's fresh, there's less competition. But with that, it's a lot more simplified. There's a lot less data. There's a lot less targeting with audiences. So there's a lot of pros and cons to each of them. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch first on Pinterest. Right. I've never purchased on Pinterest. I, I do exactly what you said. I that's where I dream. That's where I plan and hoard ideas and forget about them two seconds later. <laughs> um, but Pinterest is huge for organic marketing, and that's you know how my list builds yep. most of the time. Right. And that's where I recommend you have your organic marketing. Got to have a good strong organic marketing game going before you dive into ads. Very so, okay. Using if. Do you recommend using Pinterest maybe for a list building strategy? Sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I mean, if you're 77% of users on Pinterest are women. Mm -hmm. So if you have women between the ages of 20 to 65 years old and they are on Pinterest and you are actively on Pinterest, and if you are already getting great traffic from Pinterest, those are some good indicators that that might be a great advertising platform for you as well. It is true, like Amy said, we go to Pinterest to plan and dream and use it as a search engine. Statistically speaking, I just pulled this last week, so I pulled it up to read that 87% of pinners have purchased something that they have seen on the platform. It just takes them a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not, we're used to on TikTok or maybe on Instagram or Facebook seeing an ad 
and then getting excited and buying that makeup sponge right then and there. Whereas Pinterest, you might see it, pin it and come back later, two weeks later. So you might have to have a cold um, campaign and maybe a retargeting campaign, mm. you know, think of that strategy. But again, if, if your users are there, if you are there and you are getting traffic, good traffic there already, or any type of organic results from that platform already, those are really good signs that that might be a great platform for you to test out. The other thing that's great about Pinterest too, is their ad spend is just like $2 a day. Mm -hmm. And supposedly their conversions are cheaper. I mean, we advertise, we see that with our own analytics and data with our customers, but their statistic is that their conversion, their purchase conversion ads are 2.3 times cheaper than they would be on say something like Facebook. And that is because mm. of, of less uh, competition. And personally, we will say Pinterest has much better ad support than Facebook mm -hmm. does. Oh, if really? You are new, yes. If you are new and you just get started, you'll get an ad rep immediately and they're helpful and you can get access to them. And, and it, that's getting help as everybody knows on Facebook is really, mm -hmm. really, really, really hard. And so just from like a personal perspective, we appreciate the kind support that we think is built into Pinterest ad platform as well. So if it's something that's intimidating to you, there is much more one-on-one -on -one available support through Pinterest as an ad platform. When you first start marketing on Pinterest organically, mm -hmm. it is like the analogy of wa waiting for water to boil. Like it yes. takes a while. Is that yeah, how yeah. you liken the ad strategy Absolutely. as well? Absolutely. It's a longer attribution, meaning the period of time that you measure from when someone has seen your ad or clicked on your ad or pinned your pin, they recommend that you look at it on a month to month scale, as opposed to Facebook, which is seven days. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. So it is longer. Wow. And you, and you do stock your ads and if you stock Pinterest ads, you're going to shut them off in a day because you're just like frustrated right. that they're yeah. not working. Mm -hmm. Right. So you got to let them run for some time. Yes. That's probably why they let you do two bucks a day then. <laughs> so you exactly. can test it out. Right. Exactly. Okay. Tell me about TikTok ads. Like I just downloaded TikTok last week and that's where I am. Now what? Well, <laughs> well now Jess can send you all the TikToks that she finds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy TikTok. So roughly about 60% of TikTok users are women. They're usually a little bit younger. It's like 50 and younger. I mean, users as young as 10, we're not going to advertise to those people, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but people spend a lot of time on TikTok. It has the most engagement rate out of any other platform. So oh. just from an organic standpoint, currently right now with your organic marketing and social media, if you are struggling with engagement rate in general, TikTok is a great place to be. It's a lot easier to get engagement on TikTok than it is on any other platform. And people are there because they also feel like they really enjoy the sense of community and the authenticity that they don't feel like is provided as well on, say, a platform like, and we spend a lot of time on TikTok. It's easy to stay there for quite some time. And people are also really comfortable buying on it. Supposedly Q2 of 2021, we spent over $500 million shopping on TikTok. I know I have. I bought my <laughs> Those husband, are just your stats. <laughs> yeah, I bought my husband like true classic tees for dad bods for Christmas. And I totally got targeted um, with TikTok ads. The <laughs> trick though is it's the wild, wild. You just kind of got in, got to get in and screw around. The other issue is that the minimum ad spend is about $500 per campaign. So you have to have some more money to dive into TikTok 
before you can mess around versus, you know, Facebook is $5 a day, Pinterest being $2 a day. So you have to have Mm. some more money to back it up and give to it. And again, it's definitely going to be more like a game because there is, it's, it's kind of a free for all right now, but there are a lot of positive points there of what could potentially happen with conversion ads. Again, there's less competition compared to Facebook. So it's probably, it's easier to convert there. Again, we like to go back to, if you are getting traffic from TikTok already, if you're getting a lot of engagement on TikTok already, and if your user, your customer base is spending time on TikTok, that might be a great place for you to mess around with in advertising. But knowing again, that it's, it's brand new and it's just not as sophisticated. So there's going to be a lot of playing with it. That's so interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize you could even run ads on TikTok mm-hmm. and just another place to drain all of your energy. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, yes. Well, oh, it's so easy to sure. create an Instagram ad, an Instagram story ad or whatever, you know, so well, TikTok it's, it's pretty, puts I mean, it at a whole can, other level. If you can make a TikTok, you can make a TikTok ad though. Yes. You know, their, their platform, their backend is has all the tools there. Again, I don't, mm. you just said you just signed up. So I'm not sure if you've created one, but you I'm know, just creating, repurposing reels right. and it's not working. But, <laughs> well, and see, and there's little things like, I know that the Instagram algorithm doesn't like when they have the watermark of TikTok on there. Mm-hmm. So it's little things like that, but creating something in there, like I, this sounds so lame, but it's totally what happened. <laughs> I had my daughter help me to, you know, to build it the first time I did it. And, and she's just like, Oh mom, this is so simple. And, and it is, but it just takes older brains longer. Yeah. Yeah. But once you have it down, it's, it, it's very easy. I mean, we, when I started creating things and building a blog, I, it was not drag and drop. Yeah. It was not, it was hard coding, which I cried about a lot. Mm-hmm. And so now when I look at the tools, I go, this is this is fantastic. I mean, the options that they have. And so if you can make a TikTok, you can make a TikTok ad. Yes. So you can make a TikTok ad fresh in the back end, or yep. are you using yep. one that you already either, did? either one, either, either. And you can, and you can bring in video from other places. Like you can do uh, all those things are, are, are optional. I will, we will say though, that one of the most important parts about running ads on different platforms is making sure that the content fits. So even I personally do not know if there's a lot of difference between reels and TikToks, but again, the Instagram algorithm knows if you have a TikTok watermark on there. Mm -hmm. So making sure that your content matches the platform that you're on is super important, not only for participating in the algorithm, but because shoppers today, people who are on the internet today, will notice. And and if they can tell that this is like a Pinterest pin that you've put on something else, it's not going to go well, you know, so it's not going to be beneficial for you. So if you're on TikTok, make them look like TikToks. If you're on Instagram, make it look like Instagram. If you're on Pinterest, make them look like pins because people are well aware of that. And we want our goal for our, the ads that we run for our customers is giving a good experience to our clients, potential customers, because people want that good personalized experience that they're having. It just happens to be an ad that's selling them something. Mm -hmm. I can see the, the mood of the listener right now Yes, to, from being really excited to run ads (laughs) 
to, oh my gosh, wow. now I have we, to figure this out. We tend to have that effect on people. We just <laughs> say way more than they're really wanting to hear. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So not only do I have to be, I have to figure it out on Facebook. Now I got to figure it out on Instagram, Pinterest, now TikTok. Why yeah. are we, why are we doing this to ourselves? How do we stay consistent and try to figure it out? If it's best to create fresh content for each platform, how in the world can we talk to the female entrepreneurs out there and help them to help them do this? This is a lot. All right. Jess might have something magical to say, but the first thing that I want to say is that you don't have to do it all. Yeah. If you, unless you are target or you are Oreo, you do not have to be everything for everyone. And the only reason those people, those brands can do that is because they have billions of dollars. Yep. So please do not feel that you are in competition with those companies because th there's no competition. They have way bigger budget than you. So our, my recommendation, our recommendation would be find out where your people are and work on getting that platform. And if you're going to run ads really, really good and optimized, and then dabble in the other platforms and see if it's a good fit. If you love to make TikToks, great, do TikToks. It doesn't mean you have to run TikTok ads. If you love pinning, pin, you know, mm -hmm. that needs to be part of your thing, but you do not have to be everything for everyone. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yep. Mm -hmm. It is overwhelming. I like exactly what Amy said. Don't, I mean, I feel like we all feel like, oh my gosh, I have to have a great website and I have to have email marketing and I've got to do this and that and everything else. And yes, some of that is true. I mean, you do have to have social media. You do have to have a great website. You have to have a great offer. You have to have email, but you can get strategic about it. And like Amy said too, figure out, go back to the drawing board. If you've always been doing the same thing, you don't just need to add on another platform. Go back to is what you've been doing working for you. If you're having a really hard time getting engagement on Instagram, and you just feel like you're spinning your wheels over there, that's okay, back off from it. And I'd try some other things, right? Like keep fluid and keep trying things and change things and see what happens on some other platforms and give some try, but give it like three months, you know? Like it doesn't have to be that this is permanent decision that you're gonna start pinning and making TikToks and have your Facebook group and do all <laughs> the things. I think it's also okay to, to prioritize and pick one thing at a time and then give it your all for a couple of months and see what happens. That's a great advice. And thank you for saying that because I know we all have the tendency to want to conquer everything mm -hmm. in one week. And if yes. we don't, we get really upset with ourselves. And I think we also need to give ourselves a permission slip to say, if you feel like, okay, I feel excited to try Pinterest or TikTok, for example. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell myself, I don't have to create any Instagram posts for a month. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Right. Like if your boss right. said, Hey, let's, let's give a, let's put a break on the Instagram and let's spend like a month here and test it out. You would be kind of excited about that. Right. So yep. why, why not do that for yourself? Go see what it's like. Go see if you have people on there. I know a lot of people that come into contact with me, they're very introverted and they don't, they can't even listen to an Instagram story. That's kind of how I, my personality is like, everyone is yelling at me and everyone yes. is so loud yes. and don't, don't, I think there's a fear of missing out. Gosh, I don't think that's possible. What do you guys think? 
I would yeah. say that that's part of what we talk to businesses about again, is what's the purpose of being there? Is it because you're afraid of missing out or because you genuinely want to be there or because you think that's where the customers are? And again, you, you cannot solve and, and build a business and become a billionaire in one day. This is a long haul slog mm -hmm. and you just keep trying stuff and it works when it was. So please make sure that you're paying attention to not only what is good in the data, but what feels good in you as well. That is amazing advice and that should apply to everything. So yeah. thank you for saying that. Um, where can everyone find out more about what you ladies do and how to work with you? We have a website. We are at www.flarest.com. And don't worry, I will spell flares for you because <laughs> it is a made up word. That is F-L-A-I-R-S-T. And we are also on Instagram and that's a handle for that is at Flairst Co. So F-L-A-I-R-S-T Co. We're also on TikTok. I'm pretty sure it's the same handle as Instagram. And we, we absolutely love what we do. And sometimes I think people think that, <laughs> that we love the game and we do love the game. The game is very fun. And it's again, playing into being curious and trying to figure out what the answer is. But the other big part of what we love is we love women in business. Yes. Um, being able to, you know, seeing women be creative, think creatively, build something that is, is important to them that's a huge part of why we do what we do. And we have a front seat and we've had a front seat to watching a number of businesses and there's not a whole lot that rivals that. And we're just happy to be able to, to witness it because it's really fantastic. Oh, I imagine because you see, you see the good and the bad, right? And not a lot of people, everyone just sees the good on social media. We see everyone's business highlight reels, but we don't know what goes on in the back end, what the effort that they're putting in the money that they're putting in and to see those, those big wins and those big life-changing moments for yes. with a launch or whatever. That's huge. It's the money. And then it's also the time and the heart and the mm -hmm. brain and the energy. And, you know, as we build our business as well, and then being able to watch friends and colleagues build theirs, we know how much goes into it. And so whether your business is a five-year venture or a 50-year venture, all of it is worthwhile. And, and it takes a lot of bravery <clears throat> to do it. And, and we've just, we're just so grateful to be able to, to be a part of that. I love that. And I think that's a rare to hear, to feel that from an agency. So thank you for connecting that for everybody because agencies can feel really overwhelming or like you're just a number to them. And I can see that you guys run your business differently. So I'm glad to have you guys on and everyone else is probably relieved to hear that too. Thank you. We appreciate that because we do feel like we're different. We care a lot and there's a lot of magic when women are brave and step out and try something on their own. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Amy and Jessica, this was a magical conversation in itself. So thank you for spending time with me. Thanks for spending time with our audience. It was so nice to have you guys on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Before you go, I want to invite you to join my free Facebook group for coaches. Simply type dreamclientcommunity.com in your browser, request access, and we'll happily let you in. We have amazing coaches in there just like you who are starting and scaling their business, and we would love to see you there.